I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guests are Brad and his mother, Peggy. Brad has Huntington's disease. Let's talk about it. Looks good. Looks good. Sounds good. Yeah. There we go. We got you. All right. We're good to go. There we go. (laughs) There we go. We are hanging out here with our our new friends, Brad and Peggy. And uh, this is going to be, this is going to be really interesting because this is, um, it's, I mean, it's a rare occurrence where we, we actually have more than one guest at a time on the show. Um, But I guess we've, we've kind of, we we did that recently with the, the, a married couple down in the U.S. who both have cancer and, and now we're doing it today with uh, a mother and son combo, Brad and Peggy. And uh, Peggy, you are the you are the mother of Brad, and Brad, you are the son of Peggy. And uh, and Brad, you're living with um, with with a, a disease that we actually haven't yet to this day. Over the six years of doing no. this podcast, we haven't touched Wait, on Huntington's years. disease. You're our first Huntington's wow. guest. I so, feel honored. Yeah, thank you. We're we're honored to have you. Um, so I guess let 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 us start here, um, and and I'll I'll leave this to either one of you, Peggy or Brad, um, for folks listening who who aren't familiar with what Huntington's disease is. Can you give us a little primer, like what what is this what is this disease, and 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 where does it kind of stem from? Do you want me to go, Brad? Yeah, you took the one. Okay, I'm the nurse, so I'll take this one. (laughs) Uh, It's a neurological inherited disorder that you have a 50% chance of inheriting if one of your parents has it. The good news is if your parent doesn't get it, then you don't have any chance of getting it. So Brad was born with a 50% chance of inheriting it. And um, it's a disease that uh, affects a certain part of the brain, and there's an overproduction of the Huntington protein. And... Mm. um, which we all have, but people with Huntington's have a higher level. And it results in um, a chorea-type movement for some people. It's worse than others. Uh, Some cognitive intellect um, problems, mental health issues sometimes. It all Mm. depends on the person. Some people uh, are more physically affected and some are more mentally affected. So in uh, Brad's father's uh, case he uh, mentally stayed pretty good and um, but he had a lot of Korea movement and issues with that and Brad has a lot of issues with balance what is that word you're using it, it, uh, Korea Korea yeah Korea just means um, um, yeah movements it's kind of like what you see Brad doing you can't mm. you have these involuntary movements mm. that you can't control mm. and so like in my husband's uh, case he would wouldn't even at at one point he couldn't sit in a chair. He was just moving so violently and forcefully mm. that he would come out of the chair. It means to dance. Mm-hmm. I think is where the word comes from. P- Peggy, with your husband, um, did he? 
at what point did Huntington's disease start to show up in his body? I, I'm a bit familiar with this. I, I read um, a book by um, a great author named Erin Patterson called All Good Things. And okay. it talks about her diagnosis um, as being gene positive for Huntington's disease. Right. But yeah. it ha- when she wrote this book, it had not shown up, or at least in the early parts of the book, it, yes. it had not shown up in her life at all. And so, right. um, you know, Brad, Brad is uh, younger and mm-hmm. obviously has, we can see that he's moving around right now, but right. for your husband, when, like, did, did that show up early in his life or not until later? Right. So for Stephen and I, there wasn't predictive testing when he um, knew he was at risk, but he wasn't showing any signs. And uh, so um, I think by 1993 or in that area sometime, there was predictive testing came out. So that's when you could find out if you were gene positive, meaning that the gene you inherited from your affected parent had more repeats than 36, say, just um, 36 is a gray area. So in uh, Stephen's case, his was about 48. And then when your father passes it to you, you can get even a longer expansion. So Brad's is 55. So he, Brad got it younger than Stephen. Stephen was about 30. And it was right after Brad was born. And I started noticing some involuntary movements and things. And I noticed mm. that he was also disorganized in his you know, planning things. Like I know most men are a bit disorganized doing more than one thing. But <laughs> I was going to say, that's me too. You, you, yeah. na- you nailed us to a team, yeah, Peggy. <laughs> I figure I'm the only woman here, Paula. You're so right. Go for it. Yeah. So yeah, so he, uh, yeah, he became even more disorganized and unable to do more than one thing. Mm. And, uh, and then with the movement. So that was, um, that was about 1992. And by 1997, he had quite pronounced movements. And then around 2004, he's Brad's the first person on your podcast with HD. Stephen was the first person with HD to get a deep brain stimulator, which actually Whoa. worked to slow well, down. His yeah. Wow. Yeah. We like to be a, out there. Number one. <laughs> and what, what did it do? It slowed down. It's it, it's yeah. attempting to slow down the progression. Yeah. of it? it It doesn't slow the progression down, but with Stephen, his career was so severe yeah. as to say he couldn't sit in a chair. So um, there was this, uh, it was used in Parkinson's, you know, with the involuntary movements with Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. So this neurologist, he decided, well, that should work for Huntington disease. So Steve, he decided to do it with Stephen. So it involved having brain surgery. And uh, and anyway, they got it in the exact right spot. And he had like a pacemaker battery. And uh, so it actually interfered with the um, the signals so that his movement slowed right down and almost wow. stopped. And wow. you and yeah. wow, and so that, that must have been a really drastic sort of yes. change yeah. for you on the outside to see this, the, yes. the, 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 this kind of regress back to a point where it was very different. Mm-hmm. Right, because we went from not being able to sit by him because we'd get an elbow in the face to, <laughs> you know, being able to hug him and be right. near him and yeah. things. Oh. And but unfortunately, I think maybe it was two thousand two. Unfortunately. It seemed, I don't know if it was a coincidence, but uh, right after his speech started going downhill and his coordination went downhill, and a couple of years later, he ended up going to long-term care. But he was able to put weight on. He, you know, he his quality of life was way improved from yeah. that. It was thousand mm-hmm. calories a day when he was before the surgery. Mm-hmm. What did you say, Brad? 
he was burning thousands of calories a day for yes. Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, just right. from the move, just from yeah. the movement. Sure. Yeah, yes. Yeah, it was like he was doing an aerobic exercise. Right. All day. Uh, yeah. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. Hunt- Huntington's has always, has always struck me as, uh, as, as, as something that is very, um, very fascinating from a mental perspective and from like a mental health perspective mm-hmm. in, the, in, in the way that, in the way that it is something that, you know, especially if you know that your father has it, that you, you know, you would, you would test for it and that you can sort of know that you have this genetic disposition to something that will affect you, affect you later in, in life. And Huntington's, although I don't think it's, you know, it's not as broadly known, at least I don't feel like it is as, you know, something like cancer or diabetes or something like to that effect. Mm -hmm. It's something that I have known about for a long time because a, a friend of my parents that they went to university with had Huntington's disease and, and, and he, he ended up actually having, you know, this is a little off topic, but just my sort of personal relationship with it was that they didn't, he, he ended up, he, he was, a, from what my parents always told me, he was this kind of sort of phenomenal, uh, person in every aspect, like incredible athlete, incredibly intelligent, all this stuff. And, uh, he ended up, he, he ended up, uh, you know, becoming homeless later in life because he had all of these things where he was becoming, um, very erratic and very abusive and, 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 and that he didn't know that he had parking or he didn't know that he had Huntington's and it wasn't until much later in his life after all of this series of events had occurred that, that he, uh, found out that he had Huntington's and it sort of all sort of fell into place as to why all these things started to happen. And then, and then along with that, his, um, his children were then faced with this sort of that who were already in their teens were then faced right. with this sort of, of this choice of whether they wanted to find out whether they had right. the gene. Like, so, so I guess all of that to say, you know, what for you, Brad, and for you, Peggy, as a mother, um, what was that like mentally knowing that there's this sort of test that you can take and that will sort of really redefine, you know, your life, Brad, obviously that as you live it and your life as, as his mother and, um, and, and, you know, ultimately taking care of, of Brad in, in a lot of ways. That really, um, that's the make it or break it move in a lot of people, a lot of people make life be whether to or not to, get uh, to, to get tested that's uh because it takes away all your hope mm. possibilities the hope is gone and if you have it so it's it's always a tough one mm. how, how right. did you how did you how did you how did you come to the decision yourself or as a family to to, 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 whether you would or you wouldn't. I, I got tested myself. Yeah. Uh, in 2018. In 2018. Yeah. And I think by that point, Brad was showing enough symptoms that it wouldn't have been a fall down shock. Mm, right. And he has an older sister and she has not been tested and she doesn't have symptoms. Right. And um, so, yeah, I think I always decided it was up to them to decide if they wanted to be tested. Like I, I, you know, it's not my life, so I'm just here to support them. So um, 
yeah, they've both gone through periods of time where they thought about being tested. But as Brad says, it's that you have to be prepared to give up your hope of not having it. And unless you're in that position, like most like friends and stuff will say to them, oh, why don't you get tested? And then you'll know, like if they're worried about it, we'll just get tested. Mm -hmm. But it's such a leap. Like when Stephen was tested and even though uh, he and I both knew he had it by his symptoms and we went in there saying, oh, we're fine. We know he has it. We're fine. Just, you know, tell us. But yet when they said, well, yes, we do have your result and it's positive, we were both just floored. It's devastating. It just knocked the wind out of us. So I was always aware of that. Is that really hard to... like like reading this book about Huntington's, the the hard thing that Aaron described is like when you get diagnosed, it's it's like this massive um, weight is put on your shoulder. Just knowing that that's your right. future includes that, and mm. but it's hard to. It sounds like it's really hard to convey what that means to other people because you know, as mm-hmm. Taylor mentioned, like not a lot of people know or understand what Huntington's is, and certainly yeah. I didn't before, and. But like, well, it's like that there's a like, sort of like inevitable in, in talking to people that we've had on the show, you know, over six years, hundreds right. and hundreds of guests. Right. And it doesn't right. matter if we're talking about cancer or or diabetes or, um, you know, endometriosis or like whatever it is we're talking about. More right. often than not, the people that are living with that that disease or that ailment oftentimes have this, um, they, they, they express this sentiment of almost a, a sense of relief in receiving a diagnosis because in the very least, even though if it's a, if, you know, it's a bad prognosis, it gives them some sort of game plan to look forward to or some hope to like try and treat. But, but we're looking at something like Huntington's disease. I feel like it's a very different mm-hmm. ball game because yeah. it's it's not like um, it's not like Brad, you receive this diagnosis and they go, okay, so here's your diagnosis and we're going to start, uh, you know, this medication and we're going to. We're going to have this, 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 and this. Yeah, yeah. This thing, you're going to have this movement. That's the most annoying part. I don't know how this disease will affect me. Mm. It's so annoying. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Brad, can I, can I ask you how, um, how old were you when you got the, when you took the test and when you got diagnosed? Yeah. I was, oh shoot. How old was I being? Um, 26. Yeah. 26 years old. And from, so from that day, 2018 till now, what, how much different has, has, or I guess how much, how far has, has Huntington's progressed since that, that test you took back in 2018? Oh my God. It's very fast. It's been a very, very, very fast paced, um, last few years. Hard. I can, uh, I'm using a walker to get around. I can barely walk. I need a wheelchair. I, um, have, uh, caretaker that comes in for mornings so yeah right now i'm down and out right now i'm out of out of the fight but and peggy I, what, what was that experience like for you to see yeah to see how fast things progress since 2018 yeah it's just um it's mind-boggling and i had i had the feeling when i you know a couple of years i kept thinking you know, it was other things going on with him. And um, 
talking about, you know, hearing a diagnosis and being relieved when he was around 12 or so, I thought I was seeing signs of juvenile Huntington disease, which is, you know, even worse. And uh, so I took him to a neurologist and the neurologist said, no, you don't have Huntington disease, you have Tourette's. And both Brad and I were like, oh, thank God. <laughs> you know, right, like right. That's, that's way easier than, yeah. you know, than that. So, um, so I kept thinking, you know, but that sort of cleared up, but I kept thinking, well, maybe that's what's going on. So yeah, it was just a sick dread. And yeah. when it hit me, I just, you know, I just couldn't stop crying for a while. And, and then you just kind of go numb and you think, well, you just have to take it day by day, make the best yeah. of it. And, uh, <laughs> But, you know, every time Brad has a loss, something he can't do, like we have a stair lift now, um, you know, it's just devastating. Well, that that was one of the things that I'm kind of curious about. And again, Brad, I'll I'll ask you this, Um, you know. Up 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 until you got that uh, diagnosis in 2018, what did your life look like before that? What what were the things that you really found joy in in life, and and what are the things that you love to do? Um, uh, and 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 from there, like, w- what are the things that you can no longer do since you got that diagnosis? Everything, mm. like, uh, except for gaming. I can still game. I loved game. What kind of what, what games do you play? Elder Scrolls. Nice. Online. Yeah. All right. Sweet. Sweet. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And do you, do you uh, are you playing Elden, Elden Ring right Ring? now? Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. dude. Yeah. It's so it's, Jeremy. It's Jeremy so won't, Jeremy does not <laughs> shut up so about becoming the the Elden Lord. I am so close to being <laughs> oh, the Elden Lord, and, and I cannot wait, Brad. We will we will have to record a completely different podcast for a completely different show just to talk about Elden Ring for hours and hours. But uh, a, a serious question about the gaming, like um, with your with your like the dancing movements that you have. Um, do you, are you able to use like a regular controller or like, do you have to use uh, more like accessibility type features for, for gaming? Nope. I'm so lucky. I have been, yeah, I just use a regular mouse, like everyone else, mouse mm-hmm. pad and um, keyboard. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, and what were, you, what were some other things that you used to do that, that you really used to enjoy back before you got your diagnosis? I was a typical, uh, a, a student, you know, I, or a type uh, person, uh, yeah, with a combat engineer, PR had it all going on. PR mm-hmm. public relations. Yeah, so he was a combat engineer in the reserves. Yeah. And what sports did you enjoy? I loved to play um, baseball, soccer, football. I loved to play uh, music, hang out with friends, mm. all that stuff. Going downtown. Had a very active life. <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah, going. Yeah, going down. T- I mean, you know, going downtown. It's those. Those days are different now with COVID and everything. It's, it's, it's not yeah. nearly as fun as it used to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. How how much like in in I know I know that you said that there was some that there was some signs around the time that you got diagnosed, so it wasn't like a total shocker. But mm. like what what was. I, I think more for, I, I think I, I, you know, I, I feel like I understand pretty well, like how, how those things start to go away from a physical perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but from a, you know, dealing with, we were actually just talking, we recorded an episode yesterday about, um, 
about grief and loss. Right. And, in partic- and in particular, we were, we, we sort of strayed away from the idea, from the conversation around grief around death, which we've talked about really at length on a bunch of episodes. And we kind of honed in on, um, on the, the grief of, of the grief of what it means to become a person, uh, that we didn't expect to be, or that we, or mourning the loss of the person that we were. And like, what, what how did, what were some of the experiences or the feelings that went along with going through the change as your symptoms started to become, you know, more apparent and, and led to you yeah. know, greater physical loss? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, at a bar and I love to go out time. I'm, I'm a very uh, social person. So I would be at a bar and I'd be out with my friends and I would uh, be pulled over by a bouncer and say, Hey, you're too loaded. You have to get out. Time to get out. So mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, that would happen to me so many times. Because of your movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. They uh-huh. thought it was messed up. Like you're yeah. far too fucked up to be in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And anything that you say to that person at that hour of the yeah. night is a, is a, is a, is it taken as good a blatant luck. lie? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Good luck with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He had what? he had some good friends who now and then would call yeah. the guy aside and say, you know, this is what's going mm-hmm. on. But mm-hmm. he did get kicked out, and then he got a little card to put in his wallet, so that would yeah. say, I might appear like I'm drunk, but I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. that's right. helpful. Um, in terms yeah. of like, I need uh, a card like that. To, <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, the drunker I get, or the more I start to look like a cell phone or cell phone on vibrate. Right. To piggyback on Taylor's question a little bit too, I, I'm I'm imagining that like as, as somebody you know you you sort of described yourself as like your average twenty year old, mid twenty year old. Um, and I, when I think of that time in my life, it's like a time when, you know, you, you have these like really aspirational goals for the future and you're thinking of all the things that you want to do and, and you want to be, and I'm curious, Brad, how, like the, what, what you imagined your future to be like at that time. And then how, I'm curious how, um, your diagnosis sort of affect your outlook for the future. Yeah. Definitely. It's, oh, I had a lot of really aspirations I, for myself, high aspirations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wanted to start a PR studio, PR firm. Mm. Yeah. But, you wanted to move out west and mountain bike. And- well, speaking of some of the things that you, you've wanted to do, um, mm. And, you know, knowing that a lot of the things that you had potentially hoped of, of experiencing in life yeah. uh, have, have kind of been stripped away from you because of Huntington's. Yeah. Um, one of the ways that we actually came to, to find out about your story and about what you're experiencing right now is through uh, a friend of mine, Katie. And awesome. Katie is, is, awesome. uh, is, a, is a, just an absolutely incredible human. And, uh, as, as I'm sure the two of you are aware and Katie is, um, she's actually raising money, um, uh, for you, Brad, she's, she's doing a a fundraiser right now on, uh, GoFundMe. And, and actually we're going to, we're going to put the link in the show notes to this episode so that you can go find the link. But essentially, um, what Katie is looking to do is she's going to be running 230 kilometers 
through the Amazon jungle. Can I just say that's fucking crazy? That's wild. <laughs> like, yeah. like, that's a wild thing, thing to do. When, when, it, you, when you're like yeah. somebody's doing a fundraiser for somebody, you're like, oh, that's really no, sweet. But then is... you're like, oh, and in addition to that, they're running <laughs> yeah. 230 it's kilometers way more through the fucking jungle. Yeah. So on June 5th, she's gonna head to Peru and she's gonna run a, a 230 kilometer race through the Amazon jungle. And what wow. she's what she's looking to do is is to raise. Uh, is to is to basically find people to sponsor each kilometer of that 230 kilometer mm-hmm. race in order to raise enough money to send you, Brad, and uh, and your your family uh, over to to the UK to to Europe. Um, is that a, that's a place that you've always wanted to to experience, Brad? Is that is that somewhere yeah. you've always wanted to go? Yes, the Mediterranean Sea was where I wanted to go. The me- oh, the Mediterranean. Okay, yeah, cool. Very cool. I want to cruise the Mediterranean Sea. Amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. And Katie's, she's been doing really well so far. Like, I, I think in terms of fundraise, she, it looks like she, she's, she's done a very, a very yeah. great job. And so any, any, yeah. uh, any help uh, would be greatly appreciated. And again, that's, uh, yeah. it, the GoFundMe mm-hmm. link is in the show notes here. Um, I'm Brad, interested in this, two, in this 230 kilometers. What, what's the, what's the, like, is it like, is it like just start and get to the end or is it like, is there checkpoints? It sounds like some sort of like Moab fucking like just craziness. I have no idea. I want to know. I want to know. We we should also start a side fundraiser for Uh Katie to, uh, to (laughs) make sure she has the, the funds needed (laughs) to survive that harrowing trip. Yeah, Yeah. right. I mean, I've seen episodes of Survivor. I mean, I know that it can be, it can be tough. Yeah, perhaps I think she's she needs... doing it over a number of days. Right. right. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So she's not supposed to do it in, in five hours or yeah. less. So that's good. No. <laughs> I was gonna say perhaps she needs our support. Like maybe we should go down and just make sure that everything's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Take us a look. Good idea. Are vegans actually unhealthy? Does cannabis ruin your sleep? And why are so many men taking testosterone supplements? I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And we're the creators of the popular YouTube channel, ASAP Science. Every week on our podcast, Side Note by ASAP Science, we explain the science behind a controversial subject with recent research, up-to-date studies, and ridiculous stories so you are entertained while, bam, simultaneously learning. We're here to make science make sense. Download Side Note by ASAP Science wherever you got your podcasts. One of the other things I want to I want to kind of ask you about Brad is that I know that yeah. you um, and this is all kind of new for you or at least new ish yeah. for you. But you you use a wheelchair to get around yeah. and, and you use a walker to walk around. Yeah. Um, what has your experience been like in using those things to uh, out in public and and like do you have you have you faced any sort of stigma in in terms of using your, you know, using wheelchair to get around or like facing accessibility issues when it comes to, you know, use, utilizing a wheelchair? A lot of accessibility issues have, yeah. Oh my goodness. Halifax is not, is the least uh, accessible place I've ever been on. <laughs> I can't get in anywhere because mm-hmm. all the places I want to go to have these, or have been there for a long enough time that they've been grandfathered in. So mm-hmm. they don't have to, adhere to the uh, rules of um so they don't have to be accessible mm. yeah what are what are some of the um 
What are some of the most common um, roadblocks that you that you face access for, for accessibility in uh, around around Halifax? Just getting in and out of the places. Is yeah, the people yeah, even just the doors sometimes how they open. Mm. It's so awkward, you know, because I'll be pulling them in or something, and we have to, you know, do all these circles and things and hold the door with your hip and. <laughs> Yeah. It's always, uh, it's always, it's uh, accessibility. Uh, accessibility is always such a fascinating conversation because it's, uh, because it's so, it's so individual and you can talk to one person who, uh, has accessibility requirements that aren't being met and then, and then talk to somebody else and, you know, they can, they can have a completely different set of, 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 of needs that aren't being met by the infrastructure that we have. And, and, mm-hmm. and, and as, as, well, we've kind of had the conversation, we've had the conversation a lot that accessibility features in either, either in technology or in infrastructure always tend to be, um, always tend to be like retroactively beneficial for people who didn't necessarily need them, that they yeah. end up being beneficial regardless <laughs> for everybody. Um, but as somebody who, who, you know, might not need, an accessibility feature when you hear it's always when you hear somebody say, Oh, this is an issue for me. And you go, I'm always fascinated by how I go, wow, I can't believe I've never thought of that. I can't believe that never crossed Mm -hmm. my mind that that thing would be an issue for somebody in, you know, X, Y, Z situation. So I'm, I'm always fascinated to know about, about what, what the, what the issues are in terms of accessibility and they're, and they're different and, and, and it's such a complex thing cause it's different right. depending mm. on where you are and what, right. like what your city is like when you have live in a city like Halifax that has, you yeah. know, these, these, these buildings that have been there for a hundred plus years and, yeah. and, uh, and they're, 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 they don't have to change mm. the way nope. that they're yeah. built. Be- and yeah, it's just a, a really fascinating uh, topic mm. to, t- to, to touch on. It is great. <clears throat> Peggy, I, I know that you uh, you are, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you're 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 pretty much Brad's full time caretaker, right? Right, myself and my husband now I remarried, and he helps out too. Mm. And um, yeah, so I do. I help Brad when his like we have somebody come in to help him a few days, five days a week or so. Oh. And um, but other than that, it's me. And so we text he. Uh, he uh, messages me. <laughs> I need ice cream. I brought right. something. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> and at, at what point in the last four years um, did you start to have to fill that role? Probably mostly in the last year and a half to two years. Uh, before that, Brad was able to manage okay. I mean, he went skiing um two or three years ago and you know his balance was quite poor but once he got his skis on his muscle memory Mm. (laughs) kind of took over and I think that's the same with gaming but uh yeah it's just sort of a gradual thing it was kind of like started with can you put my clothes out for me and then it would be can you help me get this on and you know it just kind of went from there and um you know our we have got a stair lift and a shower seat and things like that so yeah Mm. it's just kind of you know it takes a while to sometimes realize that it would be easier if I did this or that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I just jump in. And in terms of like, um, looking at the, the, the experience that you had with your husband Mm -hmm. and going through that a number of years ago, and then, 
you know, coming into this, this, this Huntington's 2.0, like new version yeah. with your son, yeah. Yeah. um, was there <laughs> like, do you, do you feel like that? Do you feel like that experience, that first experience that you had with your husband sort of prepared you for what to expect when it comes to, um, being there for Brad and, and giving him the care that he needs? Um, oh, or, for sure. Okay. Yeah. It, it, did it feel, yeah. it, was there, was there much difference between the two? I think there's a big difference between when your husband gets it and when your son does, because yeah. with your son, he's my child. So, uh, you know, looking after him feels more natural than when your life partner who's supposed to like be pulling the load for you can't yeah. pull his share. You're doing double duty. That's, yeah. that's harder. Plus I've seen, there's been a lot, there's a lot more available for home supports. Like not everybody might agree with me, but compared to when Stephen I had two young children at home and I had Steven and I just needed somebody to come in and be there when they come home at lunch, just be there for Steven, help him out, that type yeah. of thing. There was nothing like that. And uh, I think there's more available now. And uh, I think people just need to call. There's like a one number that you call to access um, home care and uh, a Nova Scotia health number and, you know, there's probably more there than most people would realize. Mm-hmm. I think when when you mm-hmm. were a, when you were a, a young mother and and Stephen was diagnosed, um, were you were you working at the same time and trying to yeah. you know, manage the kids and yeah. Stephen's health? I worked full time as a RN doing twelve hour shifts in an Fuck. ICU, and uh, you know, and I think Brad was born in ninety two, so. Um, that's when I realized that Stephen had it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, over the next five years, it was pretty, <laughs> pretty demanding. It's hard on the head too, because yeah. of, mm. you know, some of the mental issues and things, even though Stephen was always quite easy to get along with and things, it's just the whole grief process, you know, totally. yeah. I was going to, yeah. a- I was going to ask you about like your mental health during that time. Yeah. Did, did you yeah. feel like that was a, a, a challenge? Oh, for sure. And I mean, even now, you know, I, I, um, uh, I'm a big believer in seeking out help for, for those issues. And, you know, from time to time, many times I've started a psychologist, medication, whatever mm-hmm. I need it to, uh, mm-hmm. keep strong, supportive friends where Brad and I were talking, it's, you realize you do get to benefit from seeing the goodness of your friends and the caring and, uh, yeah. just this fundraiser. So yeah, yeah, no, it's it's definitely takes a big mental health toll. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for my friends and family and faith, I, you know, wouldn't mm-hmm. be where I am. Yeah, uh, Brad. Brad, when's your uh, you're you're 29 now, right? Yeah. When's your birthday? May 13th. May 13th. Oh, so oh, we're like right up. around the corner. You're gonna be 30 yeah. in no time. Yeah. That, how do you feel about turning 30? I love it. Yeah. 18th. <laughs> <laughs> How many times has your birthday been on a Friday? Oh, it's going to be on a Friday this year. <laughs> it is. Awesome. <laughs> Brad, uh, Brad, I'm, I'm wondering about, um, uh, you know, just coming back to how Huntington's presents in your body. I, people can't see this, but, you know, we, we've been able to watch you now for, for coming up over just half an hour. And, and, and we, you can very, you very much see, like, there is a lot of movement there and there, yeah. it, it is, it is kind of like you're dancing in your chair. It's kind of, yeah. it, it, you know, it, it's, it, I can tell, you know, when you, when you mentioned how much, how many calories your, your father was burning yeah. off when, when he had it back in the day, like it makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of movement physically. Yeah. Um, 
But how does how has uh, Huntington's affected you mentally and and emotionally? Um, I guess we'll start with mentally. Like, does it affect your your cognitive yeah. ability at all? Does it affect memory or things like that? Um, a lot of hunting, like Huntington's disease, um, affects people, everyone differently. So, how does it affect you, though? It affects me mentally by. Like, I just have this lack of plans. I have this lack of, yeah, I can't get my words out. Mm. Yeah. Is that, it, like, the, the struggle in getting your words out, is that something that you, is that something that you notice happening in the moment? And and if so, like, is that frustrating? Is it a frustrating it feeling? Very. Yeah. And his movements are worse because he's, um, you know, doing this when he's just sitting watching TV or mm. watching a movie. He hardly moves at all. So. Mm. Is, is it? Th- that's very interesting. Like, it, so obviously, is it? Other than that, like, are there other things that you are the are there things that you do or focus on or something that 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 seems to help with yeah. help with that or and and then I guess beyond that. What is the tr- what is the treatment for Parkinson's? Is there treatment for Parkinson's? Like, are there medications? Huntington's. 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 Or, sorry, did I say Parkinson's? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's the it's the yeah. SONs. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I said that earlier. For, for yeah, Huntington's. They're called mistakes. Very good. You learn from mistakes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I, yeah. I, I've made that mistake three times so yeah, far. Yeah, Taylor doesn't learn from I, mistakes, I but, but <laughs> yeah, most people do. Yeah, but most people do. You're right. Yes. <laughs> so Taylor, just to ask your question again because oh, uh, no one remembers what you said. <laughs> yeah, right. Because I fucked up so hard. <clears throat> um, what are like, what are what are the things that what are the things or, or what things uh, do you? do you do or, or, or are there things that you can do yeah. that, that help with, um, the, the movements and, and then, and then what is, or is there medication that helps, yeah. um, that you, that you take in order to, to minimize, um, you know, the symptoms that arise yeah. from Huntington's? Well, the, I, uh, have this thing called ice cream Wednesday. So on Wednesday, I, I, I uh, game, I get really high and I get, eat ice cream. <laughs> Dude, that, that sounds, sounds like, like my, me on Wednesdays. That sounds like my Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> does actually for like serious question? Does do you find marijuana like THC yes. is uh, like so is helpful? Better. Yes. And and what so way? Much. In what ways does it help? I love that we're talking about this. Your mom's right here. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My husband buys it for. <laughs> <laughs> How does it help you, Brad? The uh, the weed, like, did do you yeah. do you notice it helping you like physically as as well? Yeah, it does help me a lot. Uh, makes me yeah, a lot more smarter, a lot more intelligent, a lot more <laughs> clear thought with it, like I used to be. Mm-hmm. Makes you huh. feel like uh, more clear, like you can, yeah. you like everything is sort of slowed down a little bit. Mm. Yeah. And, yes. and, and does it, does it help with, what does it help with the movement part as well? Nope. No, it just no, means it works. It, it sucks. It makes mm. it worse, but it, but it improves yeah. the mental, the mental side. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Does, 
Did you did you um, smoke weed before you had Huntington's? Yes. Okay. Unbeknownst yep. to your mother, yeah. <laughs> your mom's like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> yeah, I um, uh, Brad. Um, one of the things that I'm I'm wondering about is, um, when we first started this call, yeah, and uh, one of the first things I, I I before we started recording, I asked how you were doing, and you were saying, "I'm amazing. I'm always amazing." And in speaking with Katie about you and, and everything that you're dealing with, with one of the things that Katie said was that you have a really incredibly positive mindset. I and try. Yeah. I yeah. I, and, and I can tell that you, I can tell that this is hard for you. I can yeah. tell that this is not the easiest thing to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can also see that you really do, you really do make an effort to put that positive yeah. mindset forward. And so how, how do you do that? Like, what, what is it? How do you find yourself to, to, to put yourself into that positive mindset, regardless of the fact that you're struggling so hard physically and mentally? Well, we have the decision to go about our lives and we have the choice to go about our lives in a positive mode, 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 way. We just have that choice. We can choose to be unhappy or happy. We it's just a choice for me. Mm. That's what I do. Does that and make Pe- sense? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. And Peggy, how does that help you? Like that, you know, like like his his attitude towards things, like that it must make things a little easier for you in terms of oh, for sure. the way that you need yeah. to show up. Oh, for sure. I mean, um, Brad is so like what you see is what you get. He's not putting on a nice face just because you guys are here. He's he's just genuinely nice. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, he thanks me for everything I do for him every night. He tells me that he loves me and he appreciates me. And, uh, uh, you know, I'll say, how are you doing today, Brad? He'll say it's a character building day. And that's what he says when his (laughs) movements are really bad. It's a character building day. Oh, I love that. So or my movements are terrible today, but he's, you know, he still tries to do, and his uh, caregiver, Joe, takes them out in his car every afternoon. They go for a drive or they go for a bubble tea or they go get his hair cut, do errands. And, um, you know, Brad just comes back saying what a beautiful day it was, Mm. how, how he enjoyed, you know, the sunshine or something like he just appreciates everything. Yeah. Yeah. It makes my life a lot easier than it could be from some stories I hear sometimes. Yeah, totally. And and that is, um, that is really, I, I, I want to, I know that, that, that the, that is something that in, um, like wellness culture that has sort of come up, uh, a lot over the last few years is it's yep. sort of passed off as this sort of thing that seems very like simple to do to, to just, just look at it, uh, you know, just look at it positively, just look at it on the bright side. That's that sort of idea. And I want to acknowledge how, how easy it is to say that when you are, yep. when you are in a place mm. that is that where adversity is at a low mm-hmm. and how, and how challenging it is to put that into practice when there is something, you know, mm-hmm. very heavy that you have to deal with on, on, a, on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's, 
and I know that there are, you know, we've talked to you know, hundreds of people that have, that, that are going through, you know, really, really tough, tough mm-hmm. things. And, and a through line with, with many people is the way that they, the framework through which they see their, their challenges. And there are a lot, I know that there are a lot of people listening that are going through challenges that have a hard time looking at it that way. And I, and I want to thank you for, because every time we have somebody on the show that, that frames it in that way, I think it, it lends it, it lends, it lends a little bit more strength to the people that are, are, are struggling a little bit more with, with looking at their challenges through that Mm -hmm. lens of positivity Mm -hmm. and you, and so you help all the people that are listening to this, um, find that positivity. It's awesome. It's a, it's pretty nuanced too, because like, you know, like there, I feel like there's the feeling like you're describing Taylor, like like truly embodying and like feeling that sense of like gratefulness and presence and like positivity in spite of the struggles that you're going through. But then there's also like the side of like, if you don't feel that way, you don't have to pretend to be that way either. Like it's okay to be, it's okay to, to be sad and it's okay to, no nope. struggle in moments too. And and so there's like this, there's also this idea oh, of like Jay, the toxic don't. positivity where, yeah, where yeah. like, you know, but like obviously Brad, like you can just tell that you're like to your bone, like at your core, you're just a, a grateful and positive person. I'm, I mean, I, I honestly, the, the, it's a character building day. That yeah. is, yeah. that is, just, that is pure genius. And, and, yeah. and honestly, like a really, not only is it not only is there like some humor there and like self-deprecating kind of like it's funny, but also it's it's it really is it really is wise. Like that is a that is a really wise choice, you know, to, you to use to use to use that language to describe yeah. a, a, a fucking hard, a shitty day. That that's yeah. that's wisdom. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. so thank you for for imparting some of that wisdom on us today because I I'm 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 stealing that. I the full no shame. I'm fucking stealing that. I'm going to use yeah. it going forward. You've you've uh, you've when you say, when you said that it, it really struck me because I had a moment. I had a mm-hmm. moment probably like 3 or 4 days ago <clears throat> where I noticed like all of a sudden out of nowhere I felt really sad <clears throat> and I went and 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 for and and for it's because you know it's because you're you're about to have a baby like in, yeah. in the next few hours yeah. and you know yeah. that life will never be the same again. That's, yeah, that's, that's why. Right. Yeah, I thought, I it probably say, was. I thought you were going to say that you said out loud it was a character building. Dan, no, I was going to be like, you're no, bullshit. No, 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 but you've put it into perspective for me. You put it into context for me because I sat there and I was feeling very sad and like you know you just feel sad and you just kind of feel shitty yeah. and then and then all of a sudden and then all of a sudden I had this this thought occurred to me. That I went, I went, and sort of kind of what to you, to, to what you said there, Brian, and I, I, I thought to myself, I don't want to try to not feel sad. I just want to frame my sadness in a way that is, is helpful to me. And I thought about it like, oh, it's good to feel this feeling, even though I don't like it because it makes me like more me. And, totally. and then yeah. all of a sudden this, the feeling of being sad, I wasn't trying to change or transcend the feeling of being sad, but rather framing that sadness in a way that was beneficial. And, yeah. uh, and yeah. then, and so that, that like, it's a character building day. I, I, I yeah. I'm looking at that moment going, that was just a character building 
moment where I went, where I I went, oh man, I feel like shit. And instead of trying to change it, just be with it. Whatever you just did there, Tay, that's my love language. Whatever you just did, it made me feel, your story there made me feel good. You're welcome. (laughs) I did it for you. I've always found that it's, none of us are happy every day. None of us feel joy every day. And sometimes when I'm going through a really down, dark time, I just sort of picture it like I've just sort of sunk down below the water for a bit. But I know eventually I'm going to work my way back up, mm-hmm. you know. So that's sort of what you just said, Taylor, about sitting with it. It's just, you know, you sit with it. And you know, it'll slowly come back up. And, yeah. yeah. And Brad has a, a down day and he'll just be quiet for the day. Just kind of yeah. keep to himself and, yeah. you know, and then at some point they'll say, how are you doing today? And he'll give me his answer. Yeah, because <laughs> there is a little bit too much of a culture of of yeah. of feeling like we just shouldn't feel that way we shouldn't feel sad we shouldn't feel shitty we shouldn't be upset we shouldn't be angry we need to just change it into into you know sunshine and butterflies if every day was sunshine and butterflies it would it would it would be boring like it would be it would lose a little bit of that feeling you know um brad and peggy i want to ask you guys both of you i want to both ask you a a a two-part question that we ask all of our guests on the show so um peggy we'll start with you um, okay. what's the biggest thing that Huntington's disease has taken away from you? Um, I think it's taken away, um, the normal, like for, as speaking as a mother, it's taken away all of us as mothers. You have so many hopes and dreams for your child and them accomplishing things and being happy and fulfilled. It's, it's hard to put it in a way it doesn't sound self-centered and all about me, but it's what gives you joy as a mother when they do well. Mm. And so I think what it's taken away from me is just, you know, that unless things change and they always could change, it might be a treatment coming around the corner, but unless things change, then I don't get to see Brad have a career and get married and uh, be able to just jump in a car and go when he wants, you know, life mm. is a struggle and um, you know, and Huntington's, leads to death so there's that Mm. grieving so yeah it's just taken away the you know that joy like I have joy and hope in Brad now but it takes away what it would have been if he was healthy Mm. I think just because you you mentioned that there and and not to um interrupt before Brad answers but if things don't change I don't think we've asked about the prognosis of of what it means to live with Huntington's disease and, and how that progresses. Like what, if things don't change, what does that look like? Yeah. So if things don't change, then, um, you know, Brad's mobility just decreases and decreases until he's practically bedridden and, um, he loses his ability to speak and eat normally. And, um, people generally kind of die of natural things like pneumonia or, you know, just things that's hard on your body. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's a terminal illness unless, um, it usually progresses for 10 to 20 years is the average, but the average age of onset is 35 to 45 and Brad got it much younger. So, um, it seems to go a little faster when you're younger and you get it. So, yeah. So we're not sure how, you know, how much longer Brad was in the study for two years of a very promising drug where he got uh, a lumbar puncture, you know, a needle in his lower back every two months with the drug. 
And um, anyway, it didn't really do what it was supposed to do in the end of the study. But mm. they're mm-hmm. also doing so much research that we're hopeful that there will be um, something come out of this drug mm-hmm. and um, using it in a different way. And so we haven't, you know, it's a hopeless situation, but we still have hope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brad, what would you say is the biggest thing that Huntington's has taken away from you? Um, the biggest thing, it made me, it took away uh, my religion. That's the biggest thing. My sense of religion. Your sense of religion? Yes. And interesting. And, and what do you, what do you mean by that? Like your, your faith in God, it, it sort yeah. of, it, it made you, it made you no longer believe in. But it also took it away and gave it back. Hmm. Gave it back. It gave, cause yeah, I just feel like. I. Uh, so uh, other than that, Brad, it's like, what, what else hmm? did take away your lifestyle or. Yeah, I did. I'm Well, just to just to touch on this this idea of it taking away your 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 sense of religion. Um, <clears throat> that there's something about that that really resonates with yeah. me because when when I was a, when I was a really when I was really young, I remember. Yeah. So I I Brad I live with cystic fibrosis, which is a, mm. a, a, yeah. a a genetic disease as well, and. Um, and I remember being really young and I was, I would, um, I would pray. Um, but in my prayers, I remember like, I remember just like being so angry at God for, for, for making me who I was making me this, this human that had to live with this disease. Yeah. And it made me question like, is, is there, is there God? Like, are you are, like, how the fuck could you exist and make me, me, yeah. when you're supposed to be this like all knowing, all seeing, benevolent, mm. you know, um, creator. Like, why would you, why would you, why would you put this on me? Yeah. Is that, is that sort of the feeling that you had yeah. when, when you started to deal with this, this sort of like, almost resentment towards like, why would God do yeah. something like this? Yeah. We had to deal if. I was a good boy, got good grades, and treated my mom right. I he would take care of me, and mm. I feel like that, and mm. I feel like he abandoned me. And when you he, said when you said that you feel like it gave you religion back as well, what, what do you mean by that? Do you, yeah, do you feel like this maybe is it like do you, has this given you some sort of thought of like, well, maybe there's a purpose to this. Maybe there's some yeah. sort of everyone else keeps telling me how positive I am and I just there's, there's only one I don't even know how I am so positive I have entered this disease and became a better person hmm. because I don't know how I get through the day with a but I think I have a theory I have a theory that God is helping me Mm. Amazing. I thank you, Brad. Thank you for, for sharing that. I, that I think that's yeah. a really, um, that's a really 
I think important note to touch on uh, to share with our listeners. I really, I really value that you, you had the like had the courage to actually like bring that up and and share that. That really means a lot. Um, the second part of the two part question. So I'm going to throw it back to you, Peggy. Now is what is the okay. biggest thing that Huntington's has given you? Mm, yeah. Well, it certainly brings you to an end of your own um, self-strength and resilience, you know, being able to do everything and carry it all on your own. It shows you that you need help. And um, Mm. it shows you that um, when you ask for help, in my situation, people are willing to help. And um, I've gotten over the years with my husband and now with Brad, the things like Katie doing, Katie came to us and just offered us this. And um, mm. I um, I just find it so overwhelming. Just, I think, as Brad has said, you feel God shows his love to us by other people, like through mm. people. And um, we've just had so many things over the years that the people have given to us and done things mm. for us and uh, been there for us. And I would never have gotten a chance to see that if I didn't have this need and didn't have this great sadness in my life at the same time. So I think mm-hmm. Huntington's is showing me, you know, the goodness that's out there and, and how it's revealed through people. Mm-hmm. Brad, what would you say is the biggest thing that Huntington's has given you? Oh, um, gimme. I much appreciation for life. <laughs> this. Hmm. I've got such an appreciation, much a huge, much more appreciation for life. Hmm. Yeah, each day has given me so much more. I appreciate the little things in life, hmm. like for sure. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, if you can appreciate the small things in life, that makes it so much easier. It makes it worth totally. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I, I want to say thank you to both of you. Um, this is, I, I know that we, that we put this, this, this interview together really quickly and, and, and to, to try to turn this around, to get it out there fast enough so that we can get people to, uh, help contribute to this, this, this trip that, that Katie is, is, uh, trying to put together for you guys. And, and I, I have no doubt in my mind that our listeners are going to, um, rise to the task and contribute and be a part of, um, be a part of giving you Brad the opportunity to do something that you've, you've longed to do for your entire life. And so I want to say thank you to the both of you for taking time today to sit down with us and to give us a bit of insight into something that we've never had the opportunity to talk about and, and for, uh, for sharing with us, you know, some of the experiences that you've been through, this really has meant a lot to us and, and we really do thank you for that. Mm. And I really appreciate you guys um, giving this this opportunity because, as you said, not, Huntington's is better known now, but it um, it is only affects only one in a hundred thousand people get it. So it's um, you know it's not well known. So um, and I also appreciate the opportunity to sort of hear about your podcast, and listen to it, and it's really great. I enjoy it. Yeah. I enjoy it. I love podcasts, so now you're on my list. All right, <laughs> yeah, that's that's fantastic. Fantastic. this podcast, hell yeah, well, that's, that's good to hear. He's always telling me about podcasts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we're so glad to have you guys a part of it. This has been really a real joy. Thank you so yeah, much. Thanks a lot. Thank you. See you. 
There you go, folks. Hope you enjoyed that lovely conversation with Brad and his mother, Peggy. And again, I implore you to check out the link in the description of this episode uh, or go over to our social media and check out the link um, in the post that we put up uh, to help uh, help Katie, a friend of, of Brad and Peggy's, to raise money to, uh, to see Brad live out one of his life dreams. Uh, it would mean the world to us if you did that. And, uh, and of course, we know that a lot of you out there huge supporters of the podcast and and will probably uh, want to contribute. So thank you for that if you decide to. And hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. Really appreciate it. If you want to support the podcast further, you can uh, leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, or you can rate the podcast on your Spotify app. And of course, you can always join the discussion over on our Discord, uh, where we have lots of uh, a really sweet community building there and uh, really fun to hear from everyone and see all the lovely support building up from across the world over on our Discord. Sick Boy Podcast is produced and hosted by myself, Brian Stever, and Taylor McGilvery. The podcast is managed by Jeffrey Lonis. The sound design is coming from Donovan, the CPAP Morgan. And the theme music for this week's episode was brought to you by Take Part. That is it for this week. I'm Jeremy, and this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.